Uh, today we have Pastor Paul Jenkins from The Gathering. And uh, what year What year did you start The Gathering? 2011. 2011. Yeah, so we're coming up on 11 years, right? Yeah. Did I do yeah. my math correctly? Sure. Y'all in the comments, help me out there. What, what day or what month did you start it was, in? Um, so we started in our living room in the summertime. So okay, not, yeah. I guess, I don't know if that's the official start or not, but we had about 20, 25 people that gathered. I remember yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, and then we moved into a coffee shop in August, September-ish. So we actually yeah. never started. Like we, you know, like nowadays. <laughs> An official start? Yeah, like nowadays you yeah. have like these big launch days and you invite all your friends to come. We actually yeah. never had that because we moved straight from our living room into um, Glory Beans, which if you're from Albemarle, you yeah. know, it's a downtown coffee shop. Yeah. We started in there and then just people heard about it, came, and we never really, so we just say the second Sunday in September is our Yeah, is that's our awesome. So in September, it'll be 11 years. 11 that's years, so cool. yeah. I was thinking this morning about how long you and I've known each other, so it had to be either like the second half of 2006 or the early part of 2007. So we've known each other for a while now, 15 or 16 years, yeah. so 15 years. Yeah. And uh, so I... Man, time went fast. <laughs> and a lot happened over the uh, There have. Yeah. When we first met each other, we were both, um, I think I was just starting to do some youth work. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I needed to talk to you because you had been doing youth ministry for a long yeah. time with that youth thing. Mm -hmm. And then at First Assembly Albemarle, right. and uh, you were, uh, that's when we got to know each other. And I was like, you know, I, I was tasked with taking on a youth group, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And I said, I Every said, youth call pastor Paul. everywhere, right there. Yeah, like, oh, oh God. Call Paul. Oh, what do I do? I'm not sure call Paul was the answer, but, you know, we'll You gave it. me some great things. I, I needed, I didn't even have a foundation. You helped me out so much. And um, that was never my focus, and it was never what I was good at. And uh, I just, I did not relate very well, and I needed help, and you helped me, and that, I still appreciate that to this day, and uh, it turned out good. There were, there were good testimonies <laughs> that came out. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't kill anybody, so yeah. that was good. Well, I think, and you were faithful. I mean, yeah. I th you know, one of the things that we say a lot um, at church is simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes. Yes. God's, yeah. he's just after people to, that'll say yes. Yeah. And I can yeah. remember us having conversations, because, <laughs> and I don't want to you know, get into your story, but yeah. Um, we were having conversations, and you were like, I'm being faithful with these teenagers, but you were also starting to hear God call you yeah, yeah. To, to do boomerang. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just like watching you say yes to something that obviously was a little out of your comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> which um, A lot out of my comfort quick zone. Quick note to the, to the people that are watching, whenever God calls you to something, it's Always yeah. outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and but then to see what has happened since then. Yeah. 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 God's so good and faithful. An honor so. to be a part of that whole story with you. Yeah. That well, and we didn't know that at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just there was something going on. There was something turning, and it was happening actually a while before I met you, but it wasn't time yet. Right. It wasn't that time, and um, but then eventually, Boomerang, uh, we started in two thousand and nine in our in our living room as well. And um, it was, it was, you know, it's interesting because you look at both of our churches and they're in the same city, basically the same, you know, group that, of people that we're pulling from. But our stories are, are very different in the way that the, 
that the Lord did it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's been. You did it well. <laughs> no, we... no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been very interesting because uh, I, you've had more numbers than we've always have. Uh, our path was different. You know, your path was different from our path. And um, in terms of, I believe, what we were led to do, how we were led to do it, I will see, I know for us, I think you would say the same thing about you, but I would say for us, I think that we were really seeking to just be obedient to what God told us to do. And I don't know if you remember this, but for the first uh, year, I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but the Lord said, I don't want you to even advertise. I remember you, you did tell me that. Did I? I thought you were crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I did. I, well, and it was like, he told us not to ever, not to even advertise. Now, following, that didn't make any sense whatsoever. That's, that is not logical. It's not how people are building churches. And I, I appreciate your honesty right there because <laughs> that's the way we felt too. But we really felt led of the Lord yeah. to do that. And what we did is as we followed that obedience, as illogical in worldly logic as it was, it landed us exactly where we needed to be. And, and it formed us and molded us. There was, a, there was a process that we went through that now, looking back, I know exactly why he had us do that. It was a foundational time, and it was more of a struggle, I would say, in the flesh, but spiritually it was easy. And uh, but in the flesh, we had to we had to figure out some things. And but that process really led us to a place that primed us for where we are now. And and so it's really cool. But it was and yours. Yours was different. You I mean, you had you said you started with 25 people in your living room. I'm like, it took us like two years to get 25 people, you know. And we when we started in the house, we had 10 people at the beginning of the year and we had like nine people at the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it takes, it takes a special leader to grow it down. Yes, right? I, 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 and I mean, amen. I, I don't mean that like in a bad way, but like legitimately, yeah. um, I, I've I've kind of been on this kick with um, Gideon, right? So just reading his story Jesus. again, and and Jesus, yeah. like people that that really do serve well, sometimes yeah. tend to lose followers, and we get freaked out about that. You know, we're we live in a very um, advertising marketing culture. You know, like yeah. there's nothing wrong with technology, um, but man, just the, the passion of just following Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. And getting away from, hey, what, will this work? Will that work? What if we put advertisements on doorknobs? Yeah. God just saying, hey, just be obedient, just follow me and trust me, and that's what's evident in your story and mine. And yeah. I, I tell people all the time, there's just um, desire to copy somebody like, say, Francis Chan, who leaves yeah. a mega church and starts house churches, or to copy yeah. Elevation, who is not a house church, right? Like, the, those are completely different approaches, but at the end of the day, it's it's the obedience to what God told you to do. That's right. right? Yeah. And so, yeah, stories can have a very different feel. Yeah, yeah. We get caught up in comparison. The right. only thing that Jesus is looking for is obedience. I, we yeah. say it all the time is, you know, success is obedience to right. Christ. Yeah. That's it, pure and yeah, simple. If you say yes, yeah. you win. That's like, right. That's the answer. That's right, right. Yeah. yeah. That, um, it is so important. People look at it and they try to apply metrics to it in so many different ways to formulate or take a pulse of something, get, get to obedience or get to success. It is only, you know, I think about, we were talking about yesterday, 1 Corinthians 13, 3, 
even if I give my, all my possessions to the poor or I give my body to be burned, basically burned out for the Lord, mm-hmm. but have not love. And God is love. So I can do those things which sound really good. They sound really holy. They sound really religious. But if God's not in it, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll yeah. keep my commandments. So if God's not commanding us to do that and we do something, even though it looks good to everybody around us, that's not success. And the end result is that he says, it profits you nothing. And that means not only here and now, but even in eternity, it profits nothing. Right. We, we really need to just listen and be obedient to him. And so I want to hear about, so 2011, and Lord starts talking to you, starts writing that on your heart. Mm-hmm. You meet in your house. Tell us, tell us what happened and kind of the quick story of going through that. Yeah, so I guess uh, the quick story would be, um, I mean, I youth pastored forever, right? Yeah, so like yeah. maybe 20, 25 years. I know I only look 27, but it's not <laughs> true. Um, so you just I, had a birthday. I did, and I just turned 27. So yeah, we'll just awesome, move sweet. from there. Happy birthday. Um, I'll just say this. I'm no longer the speed limit. Yeah, that's right? good. Yeah, so, yeah, that's good. So 20-some-odd years youth pastoring, um, went on the road as a youth speaker, did camps, conventions, yeah. Really, really loved it. And short story would be that I would go speak at camps. And then when I was leaving after that week, the, the people that organized it would say stuff like, you were the best speaker ever that we've ever had this camp. And I'm like, that's awesome. Can I, can I come back next year? No. And it was like, it didn't make any sense. So we went through about a year where every door was closed. Yes. Us. And my wife, Wendy, who is legitimately... I call her the B99 because she's the better 99% of our marriage, right? <laughs> so she, she starts feeling this, like, I think God might want us to plant. And I was like, no way in the world ever, right? That's not going to happen. Um, but as God kept closing doors, I found myself getting more and more bitter, right? Wow. Um, yeah. Like, God, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I've I given understand. you my whole life, and now every opportunity to take care of my family is slammed shut. And so after about eight or nine months of that, my wife, when she looked at me, and she, she pretty much said, you know, instead of getting mad about the things he's saying no to, what if we asked him what he's saying yes? Yeah. A lot of wisdom in that, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> That's good. So we did. And we just felt like he was funneling us. There's a story in Acts where Paul says, I wanted to go north. I wanted to go south. I yeah. wanted to go all over. Yeah. And God, the Holy Spirit said no. Yeah. Um, which there's also, we, we could talk about all these things, right? There's a mini preaching. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. God actually says no. Yeah. And, and we just called it, he funneled us. He funneled Paul right to Troas. Yeah. And that's where he got to the ocean. But I can picture him like putting his feet in the water, <laughs> toes in the water at Troas and saying, where else? I mean, there's nowhere else to go. And it was at that place that he heard the, he had the vision of the man in Macedonia. Yeah. So, we just decided, hey, God, you have funneled us to a to place, a place. Yeah. where we will say yes to planting a church. Yeah. Um, and we started in a coffee shop. We, we, we were in the coffee shop for about two years. Yeah. Packed. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just holds like 100 people. So it, when I say packed, don't think like 10,000. But um, just no, that's God, a great testimony. God though. kept that's us there. Awesome. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've told our churches too, I believe he kept us in the coffee shop for two years to kill me. Right, because I had ambition, I had drive, like I really world, worldly ambition. I felt like I would be ambition. the elevation of Albemarle. Right, and so in a coffee shop, we didn't have really children's ministry. We didn't. We didn't have a band. 
no lights, no, none of the stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we, he grew me in the coffee shop. We moved next door into an old, um, it's, it's the old McClellan's store yeah. downtown. And we were there for about two years. So I was like, I don't know what it's about. Like every two years he had us in a different <laughs> place. Um, but in, in that place is where we started to see a lot of growth. Yeah. Um, just, and not like we weren't trying to do certain things to get people. We just, it was just steps of obedience. Um, I remember. I remember when you got your chairs in that building. Yeah, we got the that chairs. That was awesome. I, I remember the day that I announced yeah. we were going to start a second service. Yeah. And it was, I announced it in the middle of the summer. Nobody was there. Like you said, hey, we're going to start a second service. And literally, I watched people just look around at all the empty seats. Like, why? And I said, I, I don't know why. I know that God told us yeah. to start a second service. And just that simple act led to a lot of growth, a lot more people. Yeah. Um, left that space. God opened up the, the, the door for us to purchase the old furniture store, old Kimbrell's building, yeah. which is where we are now. So we purchased it. Took about three years to renovate, and we had church in church in a was bar. Was that three years of renovation? It was three years of renovation. Oh my goodness! I, just I remember it. It long, took a while. <laughs> I didn't remember three years. Oh my goodness! Holy cow! Yeah. Um, so we were in a bar, yeah, on the corner of downtown Albemarle for that time, about two, two and a half. That's years. right. Yeah, that's right. And then, um, then finally moved into the space we are now. Yeah, so, and it's awesome. It is, yeah. it is awesome. Can we put up, let's put up uh, the link to their website, The gather. is it The Gathering Now? TheGatheringNow.com. Yeah. yeah, I thought I remembered it correctly. So it's, anyway, put, we'll put that up on the screen for you. It's also all of uh, Pastor Paul's information is in the description today. So you can go and connect with them. So now you went there, what year was it? Holy moly, let's think about that. What, what is 2022 now? Probably 2008. Yeah. I think yeah. we were... We were in the building a couple years before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I felt like we, had, you know, you, you just kind of get used to the new space. Sure. And then yeah. well, the whole world changed. Yeah. It, it was, so tell me this, because I know I've watched, I've watched, you know, really, uh, not because I've been there, but then you and I've had conversation. I've watched you go through some things in that in mm-hmm. that space. And so you've not just that that building, but from the coffee shop, and you had, I know, and almost anybody that plants a church, there. what I've found is you have somewhere between a three-month, six, it's kind of like a three-month, six-month, one-year, and two-year group of people. You'll have a bunch of people that'll come for about three months, and then they'll say, no, I'm not going to be controlled here, too, uh, because they, they want to control things. And many times, and they'll leave. And then about six months, you have another demographic of people that will leave. And about a year, you'll have a, a group that'll leave. And about two years, you'll have that. And somewhere in the middle there, you keep some people. The right. Lord lets us keep some yeah. and, uh, and actually try to accomplish a vision and do that. But you went through some challenges, and you had some different thoughts, and you had some people that were challenging your thinking and doctrine and theology. And, yeah. and I've watched, even as... What you started with, like I'm thinking this way, like you mentioned the the elevation, like that's where your thinking was on that. But not just that, but even in your thinking, in your theology and doctrine, you you've kind of said, I think we're supposed to go a little bit different here and things like that. And I, and you've had some people that have really challenged your heart and as well. So yeah, what's th- stuck out to you? Well, I think um, there's a lot of personal struggle, right? Yeah. So and and. 
again, if you're out there and you're watching this and you're not a pastor, I, I don't want to talk like you don't understand <laughs> this, but it really is different when you're when you're leading it. It is. Um, it and is. So I tell people all the time, it's hard. It's hard to say goodbye to people because not because you want to control them. Thanks for the boys to men popping in yeah, my head now. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's all sing that together, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> um, Most everybody might not know what we're even talking about. So, <laughs> but it's it's because you've because you have a relationship, right? So, yeah. um, every time someone would come and leave, yes. Um, side note, by the way, this is not a shameless plug, but I just started a podcast called the Reluctant Leader Podcast. Yeah, it's been about three years of God stirring it in my heart. We just started. Um, it's a perfect name because I am the reluctant leader. Like I have struggled my whole life with just um, self-worth. Am I, like when Paul says, who's adequate for the task? Like yeah. every, every issue, I would immediately make it my thing. Like I must have done something wrong that right. caused those people to leave. Yeah. Full disclosure, probably most of the time it was <laughs> me, right? Um, but I think to take it and make it personal every time is harmful. You can't exist that way. That's what about killed me in ministry. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to be in this long term, I, I kept saying to God, I've got to have confidence in what we're called to do. Yeah. Hey, God, if you're changing the mission, if you're changing, well, not the mission, if you're changing the emphasis, then yeah. I need to be okay with that. And you're going to bring people who are fully on board with that. And so give me some language. Give me some idea, some way to handle yeah. the hurt. So it's not just always internal. Yeah. So some things he, he, he taught me were to enjoy every stage. Yeah. I can remember many times I would get up and I would say to the church, you know, we're seven years old. So we're just starting school. We're going to make a lot of messes, right? right? I don't know any parent who wishes their two-year-old could instantly be 12, right. right? But I know a lot of parents who wish their 12-year-old could be two again. So right. let's don't rush through the process. Let's enjoy where we are right That's now. That's good. Yeah. Um, you also recognize that some people are going to come because they loved it when it was 70 people. They yes. hate it when it's 200. Yeah. And so one of the things that helped me was it's not always personal about maybe how you preach or how I preach. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah. it is legitimately just I liked that stage. Yeah. And they don't like the next stage. And that's okay. So. What we started doing was looking proactively and saying, okay, whoever we have come to the church and however they're with, however long they're with us, we get the opportunity to infect them with our DNA. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what pastor I, I read that had written that line, but it just stuck with me. Like, yeah. if somebody comes to Boomerang or the Gathering or whatever church you're in and they stay for six months, we literally have six months yeah. to infect them in a good way yeah. with, with what makes us us. Yeah. And, then, and we've seen that happen. It's given me a lot of freedom, a lot of peace when people don't come back. But then we hear from them later. They're, they're plugged into another church, and they're, yeah. they've actually taken what, what we had as an emphasis, and they've taken it to that church. We're really strong in family. Yeah. Like We just say it all the time. Family is just a big, big mess. Don't type amen to that in the comments, right? <laughs> but if you're really going to love people yeah. like family, then it's going to be hard. And there's going to be things that family, they do that you don't like, don't agree with, and you've got to figure out yeah. how, like back to the love thing. I yeah. love them through that. And we hear that time and time. I'll have people 
see me in the coffee shop and they'll walk up and they'll give me a big hug and I'll say, how are you doing? And they'll say, yeah, I'm doing great. Um, yeah. But man, nobody loves, nobody loves like the gathering. Yeah. And, yeah. Which, you know, lots of places love like the gathering. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah. take that as a man. We That should be what you're We happy. did that yeah. well. Yeah. You know, that's... and so that's helped a lot. Yeah. Um, and then as I would assume everybody that's watching right now that's um, going through the same pandemic that I've just gone through, right? Just something about that pandemic that just made me, I was just like, I just want all of God. Yeah. I, there's yeah. not time to mess around with trying to attract people, get people to come, market stuff. It was like, look, we're going after Jesus. Yeah. We're going after the Holy yeah. Spirit. And if you feel like you don't need all of God, you're going to struggle a little bit in our services because I don't really care what it looks like for you. I just want, yeah. I'd rather please the Lord. So I've, we're in a season right now where you know, we're back to where we should probably start a second service. Right. And God has said no. Yeah. And so I've been able to get in front of the church and say, look, pre-pandemic, Paul, would be like trying to figure out how to start a second service. But post, can we say post-pandemic, Paul? <laughs> I'm more concerned with how much of God can we get in one service than yeah. with how many people can we squeeze into yeah. multiple services. I'm, I'm it, with you on that. Yeah. When you said that the other day in the meeting, I was like, that's a really good. And I think really a lot good. of pastors, yeah. I know you talk to pastors too, I just think that's a theme in the church right now Yeah, is that we are all, I hope as leaders, leading yeah. the way in repentance, like saying to God, oh, we just spent a lot of years maybe building on the wrong foundation. Yeah. So yeah. take us back to Jesus and yes. the word and let's just go all in on that. And yeah. whoever comes, comes. And whoever doesn't, doesn't. And what I'm finding, I don't know what you're seeing at Boomerang, is there are broken, hurting people yeah. rushing into the presence of God yeah. because they know they need it. Almost like yeah. Jesus with the tax collectors and the Pharisees. He's like, well, hey, Pharisees, if you, if you knew, and by the way, I'm not saying everybody that doesn't come to church is a Pharisee, <laughs> but he's like, if you knew how much you needed me, then you would respond the same way that this woman is who's breaking open a year's worth of salary That's and throwing right. it on my feet. Yeah. So I, I see that those hungry, desperate people are coming in. Yeah. To the And we want to invite them into the presence of God, not the presence of Paul or a worship That's team. That's good. Just, yeah. hey, let's just hang out with the presence of God. That's revival. I've told our church, because I do believe that we're in revival in our church, in churches. I think yeah. our area is starting to experience it. Yeah. And so we've defined revival as an awareness of and a response to God's presence. Yeah. So I don't want him to be in the room and me not have a clue. Correct. Right? Yes. And yeah. so if you think about it, Wendy would tell me this all the time because I came out of like a Pentecostal AG background. I mean, I'm still AG and very, very much still Pentecostal. She came out of a Baptist background. Right. And so she would step into church services where somebody might have a message in tongues and an interpretation. And I can still remember she looked at me one day after church and she said, let me get this straight. <laughs> when somebody has a message in tongues and an interpretation, that's God, Right. And I was like, yeah, you're getting it. You know, I like guess. So, and she said, so if God just spoke, shouldn't that change the service? And it's like, it's that dagger, you know, that you pull out, <laughs> like such sweet conviction from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, thank you for using this beautiful, sweet Baptist girl <laughs> to teach me that when God shows up, yeah. it should change stuff. Yeah. Right. So I don't, we don't, we come with a set list. I come with a, with a message 
and we get together before church and we just simply say, hey, God, we brought yeah. our plans based on what we think you want to do, but this is your church, your people, your service. Have your way. Sure. And yeah. um, it's a little unnerving, yeah. but yet awesome at the same time. You said the other day, because we had a meeting with some other pastors, didn't, didn't you say the other day that you're heading into it? You like to have your notes prepared, mm -hmm. and the Lord's been changing that. It's been so uncomfortable, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like we're not, you know, we're not flying from, shooting from the hip, um, but it's more like marinate is a good word. Yeah, I feel like now um, I'm not preparing a message as much as God's marinating it in my soul. Yeah. So like yeah. all week long. Yesterday is a great example. I, I, I had a, I had a scripture. I had a, I mean, I knew we were, what passage we we're talking about. I had some, some idea of what I thought we might need to say. Right. Um, but never would have thought that we would have filled up 30 minutes with what I had. Right. <laughs> and so, but, but it's exactly what God wants to say. Right. I think He's, He's refining the leaders who are the voices, because yeah. honestly, if we're vessels of His Word and His presence. The more junk in us, the less of him is getting That's through. Right. That's right. And so I think he is stripping. Clog it up. He's yeah. stripping me down. Not that I don't think we didn't rely on him before. Yeah. But it's just it's just different now. Well, it, we grow. We grow. Yeah. We get better. I would say the same. I mean, it's you know who I am and as, as a minister today is totally different than who I was when we started, and it uh, I see that as well. I I would say the way that I approach preaching a sermon, and the Lord has changed that like four or five times now, like legit significant changes from where we started in 2009 until today. And he did it again about a year, year and a half ago, and it just, it, it wrecked my whole process. And I had, because I've, I would say that I've not, I use notes and I have notes and I, my Bible's filled with papers of, of different notes that I'll carry in. I'll carry in notes. Yeah. That's a good way to say that. I yeah. carry notes in, but I rarely today actually minister from them uh, directly. Um, sometimes I'll reference, I'll reference them, but and that's because the Lord's changed that. And most of the time, what will happen is the word that comes out will be exactly for the people. Sure. I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure you hear this as well afterwards. Like, you know, kind of get out of my house. You know, get out of my head. Get out of my life. You know. <laughs> Start, get the, I, we heard it a lot early on. It's like, get the microphones out of my house. This is exactly what we were talking about, you know, this morning or whatever. But also, the Lord knows, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what people need in right. that moment. He knows exactly what they need. You and I don't. We don't have that unlimited knowledge, but we do have a connection and a communication to an unlimited right. knowing God, you know, and Holy Spirit. And so he'll show us those things. And we, the more we lean on him and we have our fellowship right with him, the more those things will come out and God will do supernatural things. And sometimes they don't look spectacular. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten to the end of the message and thought, that wasn't very good. And then I stepped to the back and people are like oohing and on over it because of what God did. And I had no idea. I, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know you were going through that. The Lord did. That's him. He's so good and so awesome. And we need that. We need sure. a supernatural uh, anointing that will break the yoke off of people, help them right in that moment, in that time. And um, so, but yeah, he changed it on me a couple of years ago. And it just, like, first I had notes. And then he said, then I was using notes like a, 
three-quarters of the time, and then I went to a place where I was, uh, and I would sit for hours and prepare the messages at that time. And then he started moving it more out of my, just my time with him. And then he moved it more in, and that stayed, that, that's remained the same. My time with him, it comes out of that overflow in that. But I'll have a direction, and I, I wanted to be cool and have series and do all that stuff. But then I'd get up there, and the Holy Spirit would say, no, you're talking about this today. Yeah. You're talking about this today, and, like, I don't care about your series. So we'll stay in series for <laughs> a year, you know, and just kind of keep talking about it here and there. But um, it's not official is the thing. And, um, and he'll add to it, and it'll, it'll be good. But then I did have a, uh, really, I had a time where, like, on, Saturday nights, you know, every pastor has like things that they'll do that is their preparation. And I would say the preparation time, God switched it. I'd just gotten like in a rhythm and I was like, this is working, this is working. And then the grace for that rhythm went away and it did not work anymore. I went, what are you doing? And it, it was drawing me to a different place and a higher place with him. He knew, he knows what he's doing. I just have to be led by him. And you know, finding each one of those moments of those four or five changes has grown me, and it's really helped me to receive better from him so that I can minister better yeah. to his people so that he could, so this is a better way to say it, so that he could minister better through me. Yeah. You yeah. know, get that's, me as a better vessel and not be clogged up. Yeah, and I think that's where we kind of, we lead, we do really lead the way. Yeah. Um, I think we, Wendy and I, We've leaned into um, two words, rhythm and seasons. They have really been life-giving to us. Um, and so as we've said, hey, this is a season that we're in yeah. personally, it's allowed us to give grace to other people who are in certain seasons as well. Sure, yeah. Um, which, is, again, it's all tied together. It all goes back to how you know somebody comes to your church for a time and then they go somewhere else. I think when you understand rhythms and seasons, it's easy to do this yes. with those people. Yeah. Oh, you know what? This is a part, a season in your life where we are going to get to speak into your yeah. life. Yeah. And we recognize that there'll be a season when you'll, you might move on. Or this might be where you are all the time. Uh, pan, the pandemic has been, I was looking at my notes. Um, I just preached on the wise and foolish builder yesterday. And I, we had done a series on the Sermon on the Mount right before the pandemic started, early 2020. Right. And I, each taught on the same passage of scripture in April of 2020. And looking at that going, in the notes I had said, I believe that corona, the coronavirus could be gift from God to get us back to the rhythm and foundation he wants for us, which was a brutal thing to say going into it because we didn't know what it was going to lead to. And, and full disclosure, I say that with humility, I've lost a father to COVID, right? right. So we've all lost through this. But the gain through this is leaders yeah. in churches who are willing to say, look, strip it all away, God, because we need to get back to the rhythms. I was chuckling when you and I were doing the intro about we started in a living room, y'all started in a living room. And it's like, I felt like the Lord just said, you know, isn't it funny how most church plants start in a living room? Yeah. And yeah. when you read Acts, what, what do you read all the time? Yeah. Like, it's not either or. It's not like just either a house or the temple. It says that they were they were in the temple courts yeah. and in houses daily. Yeah. Like it's the community that he's after. Yeah. And I think that's the positive of COVID nineteen. Right. It's like yeah. we're coming out of this, and there's a hunger 
for the presence of God, but also to be in the presence of people. Yeah. Like, we need each other. Yes. And yeah. I don't know that people really, we're so American. We're so, <laughs> I'll do my thing, you do your thing. You know, I, I heard a preacher say this last week. Whew, this is going to sting a little bit, so hang with me, right? Um, he said, people that say things like, I don't need the church, you know, I, I am the church. And he, he said, let me just be clear, you are not the church. That's right. We are the church. That's right. Church is not individual. Yeah. You can't be the church. You can be a part of the church. We are the body. We yeah. are the church. I thought, man, what yeah. a timely message, right? Because yeah. we, we, we're seeing people come back, right? Yeah. Come back into a building, come back into relationship and fellowship and try to, even if you're not comfortable being in the space, we see people trying to figure out how to re-engage with the body, which yeah. is a wonderful thing. Hard, you know, it's a yeah. whole lot easier, isn't it, just to market a church service. Yeah. But yeah. to actually intentionally, well, I love what you guys are doing with, with Lunch Plus. I mean, yeah. you're intentionally reaching past the building, yeah. like trying to yeah. reach people where they are. I love that. Yeah. And we're trying to connect people and give yeah. them community and relationship, and God's blessing that. Well, you said that earlier, too. You were talking about you know, family and how family can be hard in the sense on the flesh, you know. Um, obviously, in our spirit man, our, our spirit man can handle it. You know, it's yeah. easy and light to our spirit. When it's hard, we're, the issue is when it gets hard is we're more focused on the flesh than we are the spirit, okay? And so then one of the things that we see is that our, our spirit can handle it. But when we're focused on the flesh and it's hard to our flesh, because we're not pulling power from the grace of God through our spirit, then what we'll do is we'll look at a situation and say, well, that's hard, and we just won't go do that because we don't want to deal with it. But God's given us a grace to overcome that and to turn it into something. Yeah. And you know, talk about the parable of the talents. I can either take this great grace that we've been given, you know, 2 Peter 1, where we've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. And even verse 4, it says... And he's granted to us, uh, you know, the, his divine nature, made mm -hmm. us partners and partakers of his divine nature. So we have this great inheritance sitting there, idle yeah. or not idle, hopefully not idle, but many people in the body have been idle, and we have this grace to turn it into something, to get past uh, you know, theology differences, to right. get past these things to strive for the unity in the body. Like, you know, you and I could say that together just being different pastors from a different background and different doctrine, doctrinal issues. And a lot of pastors would not even be talking together with the doctrinal issues and thinking that you've had versus what I've had and different mm -hmm. things. They wouldn't talk together. They wouldn't ever be friends. They wouldn't even be cordial to each other. But once we realized that you were right and I was wrong, we were <laughs> Well, I wasn't sure that that was exactly right. <laughs> so it was a, it's one of those things where as we grow and we see that, then the word says strive for the unity. Yeah. But to the flesh, to the flesh, striving for unity is hard. Yeah, Because I don't want to talk about that because I might be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I might be wrong. And I think um, I, I, I'm, we're in a series called now called In Due Time, yeah. D-U-E Time, and we're talking about birthing revival. So we've been talking a ton about pregnancy, something I do not have any experience <laughs> with at all. Um, but, but we touched on this yesterday. The church doesn't know how to handle pain. We don't know what to do with pain, right? And 
And we don't see it as a gift from God to push. So whenever there's delivery, there has to be a push. And I was, I was sharing with the church yesterday, I'll share more this coming Sunday, but we've got, um, I've got two, two sons, twins, and I've got a daughter. So when the twins were born, uh, there were 22 minutes between the delivery. That's, a, from what I'm told, a long time between twins being born. So okay. Parker comes out first, and then Will just camps out, right? He's, he's just content in the womb, um, probably getting womb service. See what I did there? A lot of people typing groans right now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, but what had happened that's, was... That's Nicole's humor. The, <laughs> the epidural shot that Wendy had gotten at uh, the beginning didn't take effect until, until in between. Yeah. And so I, mean, I still remember the, doc, the nurse saying, do you feel like you need to push? Yeah. And Wendy said, no. Well, if you, pain is what causes us to push. Again, I've never been pregnant, but if I was, I think yeah. I'd be like, get out of my, right? Like, just yeah. get out. And it's the pain that pushes us. And I think that what's happening right now is we're, we're so insulated from pain, right? Yeah. We've tried to storm-proof our lives instead of letting storms yeah. prove our lives. Yeah. So we're so insulated, so bubble wrap, that when, when difficulty happens, it's a relationship is hard. Yeah. We go, well, that can't be God. Yeah, uh, maybe it is right because he's wanting to push something out of us into the world, and it takes discomfort to make that happen. Yeah, and it's not that we can't make it through any difficulty that we face. It, that's just the issue: is he's always leading us to triumph. But the issue is, all right, let's take this difficulty and put it to use. Right, put it to work, and and in the middle of it, draw on that grace that he's given us. To be more than a conqueror, to be the overcomer, and let the glory of God be seen for it, for what it is. I think a lot of times you said bubble wrap. A, a lot of times the issue is, so we have this idea, at least in America, that when as soon as you get born again, there'll be no more there'll be no more problems. You Wait, know, that's not true. Well, I've heard <laughs> I've heard I've heard that, <laughs> but we have this idea, and then you know, even recently I heard somebody say, "Well, when I started coming to church, that's when all hell broke loose." And it's like, well, no you kidding. <laughs> yeah, when you weren't going to church and when you weren't growing, like the devil was perfectly content with you being lukewarm. Yeah, you know, now you're actually doing something. He didn't want you to get steam. He right. didn't want you to gather momentum. So what's he going to do? He's going to try and derail you, kick you off the cart before you get any any speed up. And so, of course, he's going to challenge you now. But the issue is either be challenged in a life that God's never called you to, burying your talents, or take on the challenge because I know God will empower me yeah. to go through it. You yeah, know? that's so, so good. And I think, yeah. too, just keeping that perspective, right? Like yeah. It's, yeah. it's like we talk about the valley of the shadow of death. You don't camp out there. No, yeah. He's called us to go through it. Yeah, right? you're so going through. He's, yeah. he's always leading us toward through. victory, towards triumph. He's all, yeah. So what, if I'm, we say this a lot, if it's not good, he's not done. Right? Yeah. If what I'm experiencing right now doesn't look like victory, yeah. I'm not where he's leading me yet. Yeah. He's always leading us to victory. So we yeah. can trust that yes. even yeah. when we encounter things that are hard. That's right, yeah. And, and when we don't understand it, that's one of the great things about Job is... You know, I love I love in Job chapter one of verse twenty. Job doesn't know what's going on. You know, he doesn't know like my life just got, according to the world, ruined. Yeah. 
He has no idea. Matter of fact, it looks like he thinks God did it all, right? He thinks God did it all. And, you know, the destroyer was allowed to come into his life. The destroyer does those things to him. But he thinks, it looks like he thinks God does all. And think about this. With him thinking that God did all of this, in verse 20, he hits his knees and worships God. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's a trust, and that there's a huge key there. And of course, the end of the book is a great triumph for him, and he's restored. And, and God, to me, and this, this is just my own, my own thing, and you may disagree with it, but it, to me, you can't be restored and not have the mental restoration, too. So when God says he, he restored the fortunes of Job, to me, he had to, he had to also heal him of all that pain, of all that stuff, mentally in that place too. So that was there for him. He didn't know that at the beginning, but when he hit his knees and worshiped God and trusted him, it released a restoration. That's, that's really what brought him to the end of that book and that restoration. I love that verse because it's not, and this is in, you know, in Psalm 23, Jesus never said that we weren't, wouldn't go through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, he just said, "When you're there, basically go through it." Right. You know, when when you find yourself there, trust me, I'm with you. Even yeah. though it doesn't feel like that, even though it doesn't look like that, I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll, I'll cause you to go into the valley yeah. where there you can lay down and have everything you need. But if you find yourself there, don't stop. Yeah, you know, don't and don't get discouraged because you're there. Yeah. Trust me in that moment. Trust yeah. me, I'm there. And yeah. it's like we 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 run from pain. We run from yeah, yeah. the enemy. I love how David saw Goliath and ran towards him. I've said this ever, you know, ever since that stood out to me. The reason he killed Goliath is because Goliath was like, "Who is this little scrawny kid <laughs> running towards me?" I think it just froze Goliath. He didn't yeah. know what to do with that. So I think we're supposed to storm the gates of hell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesus is so okay because, again, Jesus knows that the enemy was defeated, right? He knows that. Now, look, because the enemy's defeated, it also means he's mad, right? So he's going to do things to you and I because he's on the way out. I'll hurt as much as I can on the way out. Um, But Jesus is so not concerned about our enemy that in Psalm 23 he said, you know what, I've got a picnic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's let's just, invite it's them for, for me and you. And let's just have, I got it. I got it right here. The tables right here in front yeah. of all of them. Yeah. So y'all enemies can watch me abide in fellowship and, yeah. and, and enjoy time with my beloved. Yeah. I love that. Right. He's not worried about the enemies. We're the ones. And we're not really in heaven having that picnic either. That's for you now here. It's, it's right yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. He's right got a here. table for us yeah. and we should probably hang out with yeah. him. Right. Yeah. And, but you can't do that if you're frantic full of panic. Right. I think, I think if right. I'm a broken record throughout the last two years, I have said so many times, the church of Jesus Christ cannot be full of panic. That's right. That's and, so and good. And I've seen so much. God, what's going to happen? Yeah. I don't know. That's so good. But I, I said this yesterday to church. Um, Jesus tends to, he, he doesn't tend to give us answers, but he always gives us perspective, right? Like when we get a picture of God, back to Job, Right, so what did Job say at the end of that book? He's like, you know what? I had heard of you, but now my eyes had seen you. God yeah. never gave Job an answer. He never really explained it, but Job saw God. Yeah. He saw the majesty of God. So I, I said this yesterday in church that um, 
God tends to answer why questions with who answers. Yeah, yeah. He, we say, why did this happen? Why did that happen? He says, let me tell you who I am. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Job, were you, were, you, were you there when <laughs> I told the ocean to only come so far? Yeah. No, I did that. And yeah. Job's like, holy cow. Uh, and he didn't charge God with wrongdoing, yeah. right? And yeah. he says, though you slay me, I'll worship you. Because what he's saying is, I don't understand you, yeah, but I can trust you, yes. right? Here's my yeah. hand, take me and lead me. Trust is the issue, and that, yeah. and you see the same thing in Jesus' time on the earth when they, you know, when they say who sinned, this man or his mm-hmm. parents. When they say who sinned worse, the one that the tower fell on, or the priest whose blood was, you know, mingled with the blood of the sacrifice, like there. There's something about a condemned and corrupted flesh in sin that wants to know the why, yep. that wants to know knowledge, uh, wants to pay a payment. It mm-hmm. won't, always wants to pay a payment. It wants yeah. to carry condemnation. It wants to judge the greater sin. It wants to have a, a metric on it. It wants to have be able to identify it. Right. And the, the issue with that is because we, in our corruption and in our flesh, we find our solutions in how can I change and by our own works instead of looking in trust to him as yeah. our solution regardless of how we got there, why. Yeah. And there's reasons, of course. There's you know, there's seed time and harvest. You're going to reap what you sow in those ways. So they're good or bad. So there are reasons with that stuff. But that's not your solution. Your solution is not the payment. And the Lord said to me years ago, he said, he said, and there's already been a payment made, and you will never pay a greater wow. payment. So good. And I, I just, it melted me, Come you on. know, in his love and his mercy. He said, you'll never pay a greater payment. Yeah. And so at that moment, I stopped making payments, and I started just giving love. I mm-hmm. just started just sowing, like, what do you want? I want to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing this to get healed. I'm not doing reading more scripture to be more anointed. I'm reading more scripture because I love you. I love you. And then you make that the why and everything changes. And I trust you. And so in that moment, Jesus does not answer those questions. He gives them a solution, but it's not the solution that they're looking for. They're looking for, you know, this happened, that happened, this one's greater, this one's lesser. They're looking for all these worldly um, lateral thought processes, you know, and Jesus like, nope. No, because you're trying to make the world's answers a source of your life, and that's not where your source is. Your source is found in me, my love, and if you will actually focus on me, it's not who sinned first. It's not who sinned greater. The issue is, no matter what you see or how you see, do you trust me? That's the answer. He led them back to a question, and that was, do you trust me? And um, the skit guys had that great thing. Uh, I think it was God's chisel or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and then God yeah, shows up. Good. He said, and then he goes, he goes, you answered me with a question. You are God. <laughs> I love that moment. But yeah, I think our flesh is always looking for, for somebody to blame. Yeah. Yeah. And our spirit is always looking for somebody to worship. Yeah. Right? I think that. That's and awesome. so I think the, the hurt, the pain, all the things, the struggle, all the things, you know, the struggle is real for sure. But God is realer. Yeah. He's is more that, real. Is that a word? Yeah. Realer? We just, made it up. <laughs> we just created a word right here on Lunch Plus. Um, we do that all the time. Yeah. It's so awesome. I think just just bowing before the Lord yeah. and saying, you know, I, I have lived long enough to say that there's a <laughs> hymn called Trust and Obey. Yeah. And it says, for there's no other way. And like the longer I live, I'm like, dang, there really is no other way. Yeah, that's like, right. That's so that's true. Right. We trust, we obey, and that's it. 
I want I want to go back to something with you. You you made a comment to me. We had lunch. I don't know six months or a year ago, and uh, maybe two years ago now. <laughs> anyway, you it and I were having together. Huh? It all runs together. <laughs> you and I were sitting there, and you made a comment, and you said, "I think a lot of people, when at whatever point they have their eyes open to how they've made some judgments on some things surrounding our ministry and our life." they're going to feel really bad about that and wish that they hadn't. Something along yeah. those lines. And the reason, the reason I bring that up is because there, you're, you're correct. There's things that people just don't know. Every now and then I'll watch people get a glimpse of our life and the phone calls and the different things that are going on. And, and uh, they'll just, you know, the look on their face is like shock and, you know, almost scared because they don't like, is that the way it is all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, recently, we, we, we recently took our life group leaders and we kind of turned them into, uh, you know, the leaders that they should be and said, if you've got an issue, take it to your life group leader first, mm. basically. And uh, I had one last week go, is this what it's like for y'all all the time? I said, yeah, times how many life groups there are. That's right, the way right. it's been. They went, no, this is crazy. And, but they had, you know, they, there was so much more going on than what they even knew, even though they had been a life group leader for quite some time. And, but it's helping them. It's like, you know, Moses and his leaders in Exodus 18, where they had groups of teams of tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands that would handle all the small issues. They'd bring the big issues to him and he'd show them what the word says. And so we were trying to move more towards that so that we could not be limited. And you you find out that when people get an idea and kind of see, they don't see all the hurt. They don't see all the things that pastor, you know, because for me as a pastor, especially when we first started, um, I had I, I just, and I still do this part, is I just, I give my whole heart to people. Like, I'm giving my whole mm-hmm. heart to them. I'm serving them. And then for them to just flippantly burn that bridge, run away, and, you know, my heart was attached. Yeah. You know, my heart, and you're just, you're you're cutting that off because somebody said something or a service went long or I didn't play the right music or something like that. It's like that to me is so peripheral that it's not the core and the center of what, and you just burn the bridge for that. That really hurt, and it, and I had to learn how to get over that as well, and the Lord really took me through showing me some pieces of that. And you had gone through some stuff, and there were things going on that people didn't know about, and as soon as you made that comment, man, my heart just melted, and, I, and Nicole and I, we just took to prayer even more over you and the ministry and your family and everything. And um, you would come up, we'd pray in the Holy Spirit for you. And um, because you can have a time where it's like the devil's just pouring out crap and you feel like you're the dumping you know, place of all of that. And it's feeling and you still have Jesus. You still have to trust him. And, but here's the thing. That many times makes people want to run away. And like, I don't want to do this anymore. That's not what you did. You might have thought it. I've thought it before, but every Monday, right? every Monday, <laughs> but um, sometimes Sunday afternoon. There, I, I understand <laughs> that. Sometimes, like before you hit the door, are we still yeah. recording? I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's live actually. Oh, but wow. yeah, but there's here. Here's what I want: is you've chosen uh, to do what the flesh calls hard, which is 
you know, there's a push for every person on the planet to basically isolate themselves into the place where it's really easy on their flesh and they never, they never have to challenge themselves or grow or, let me put it this way, disciple themselves. Yeah. But when iron sharpens iron, you've got a coming together. And one of the greatest things I think that we have lost as a society is, you know, Sunday afternoon where people would go to a house and eat dinner and then sit on the front porch and they didn't have all the technology. They would have to talk to each other for any entertainment. And in the mix of that, you would have an idea. I would have an idea. We'd bring those ideas together and my ideas would be challenged and your ideas would be challenged. And we would actually, now, if we, in that challenge, pointed back to the Word of God, it would actually bring us together in unity, and it would grow us and sharpen us in what we thought and what we knew. But in this day and age, we have the ability to back away from all of that, and God's telling us as the day draws closer you know, your, your namesake of a ministry to gather all the more, to gather all the more. And we need that. And in that moment you chose, I, I can't stop gathering. I can't stop coming together. And family may be hard in the flesh, but I'm, I'm not going to back up and take the easy road because I have a responsibility to Christ to win souls, make disciples in this age. And I can't do that by myself sitting at home. Right. So. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I guess what helped us, Wendy and myself, kind of make that change, yeah. that decision, because it is easier to step out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and hopefully this helps those of you that are watching. Or at least seems as, easier yeah. in that moment. Yeah. I think I think we would be miserable if we did that. Yeah. I but, found myself yeah. one morning um, early talking to the Lord, and I just said, you know, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, I'm pretty sure that's the right one, says that the weapons we fight with are not carnal and that they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds because for me, the biggest stronghold was here, right? Um, And I I remember saying to God, listen, I know worship and the word, I know community, I know know some of the, the weapons we have, but like, do I have a weapon? Can you give me a weapon, something I can hold on to and make mine while I'm standing in prayer believing? And he showed me, um, he talked to me about locks and doors that are locked. And he said, what, what unlocks a door? And I was like, I love when God asks me questions I know the answer to, right? <laughs> it's like a key, a key unlocks a door. And he said, that is so not right. But all I saw was a vision of a key. And I was like, I don't understand that guy. Like a key literally unlocks a door. And he said, no, you put a key in, the, in it. It's when you turn the key that it unlocks. And I was, I, I rushed to my concordance. I looked up every scripture I could that had the word turn in it. And I found Isaiah 29, 15 and 16. I love where this is yeah. going already. Verse, I don't know, the, I don't know verse, where you're going, but I love it. Verse 15 talks about um, people who act as if God cannot see them. And one of the things that we had struggled with was people who were living in secret. Yeah. And it was causing us personally a lot of pain. Yeah. And then he's the first four words in Isaiah 29, 16 in the New American Standard says about God, you turn things around. And I started praying that, God, you turn things around. I started looking up the word turn. That's good. Deuteronomy 2.3, I love this. He's talking to, um, he's recounting the story of the Israelites, right? And so it's, it's at the end of their journey as they're waiting for a generation to die who wouldn't believe. And it says this, it says, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn, turn. north. Yeah. 
And God said, Paul, we've circled this long enough. Yeah. The American church has circled this game of Christianity long enough. It's time for somebody to turn north. That's good. And so we, Wendy and I ordered these keys that we wear, we wear all the time, and we had the word turn put on them. Um, it's amazing. Listen, if you're a family and you're struggling with, because our, our church has gone through a season of prodigals. Like right. We're just like, hey, call to the north and the south and call your children home. Yeah. Um, Malachi says that God turns the hearts of the children back to the parents yes. and the parents back yeah. to the children. Yeah. And so we're standing on those. Like, he's going to turn this pandemic. He's going to turn, but only if we activate. Yeah. Right? We have a part to play. So we went all in on prayer. Like, we are yeah. all in on it. Like, if nobody else shows up to our Wednesday night prayer service, yeah. we're showing up. And God is bearing so much fruit That's through that. That's awesome. Um, and the biggest fruit is just that, like, when Jesus turned his face like, like stone. Yeah. That's kind of where yeah. our hearts are resolute. Like, he's not done with us. He's not done in this so city. Good. He's not done with any of what's happening yeah. right now. That, that word, just the word turn, and, and what you just said about that, that means a ton to me. And I, I can feel just the presence of God all over it. Like, even in your own resolve, I can sense that. But what the Lord wants to do right now. And so, all right, so let me, I'm going to give you the question, give you a couple of seconds to seek the Lord on it. But what would you tell people that are right now, because right now, what here, here's what would you tell people that are uncomfortable gathering? They're uncomfortable putting their flesh down, disciplining themselves and going after. Right now, maybe they've been successful. Maybe they've been unsuccessful. God's wanting them to go after him with everything they have, get together, gather, grow in the church, but their flesh doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Their flesh doesn't want to do it. So what would you tell people in that situation? So as you, I'll give you a second, but right now, I, and, and Pastor Paul and I have not talked about this, I don't think directly, but I can tell you what I sense happening in the world right now is that the Lord is quickening his people to a place, and he's drawing anybody that will turn a spiritual ear to his voice and to his uh, proclamations that he's making in the spirit. He is turning their ear right now, if they'll have it, then saying, I want you to come up here. I, um, there's some people that are going to hear it and say no, and there's some people that are going to hear it and say yes, but he's drawing all who will hear, all of his family, all of his body, to a place where he wants to turn them into this glorious church. And in eternity, we're going to come to him and we're going to say, hey, I heard your call and I went after you, or I heard your call and and I'm sorry, I didn't do that. And we're not going to want to be that second group of people. We're going to want to be the people that go after him. So right now, God's calling us to disciple ourselves after him, to be, to be pulled by his Holy Spirit, be pulled by the Holy Ghost into these moments to be who God's called you to be in moments of darkness and great darkness. He's wanting to take his glory as you arise and shine. He's wanting to take his glory and make his glory your glory and cause you to, br to brightly shine against the contrast of a deep darkness over the world. You will stand out in the light of God, not just for yourself, but to stand out for him, for him to get the glory of that and people to be drawn for him. He's calling us into that story yeah. right now. It's happening yeah. and it's unfolding as we speak. 
And there's going to be people that they hear it, and they're like, I want to go do that. Yeah. And there's going to be some that never do it, even yeah. though they're, they want to and they know it's right. What would you say to help encourage them? <laughs> well, th thanks for that. Yeah, that's it's fun. a big moment that's right really here. Fun. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think about Abraham, right? So um, let me just talk to you guys that feel like, um, God, you heard everything Pastor Brian just said, and on the inside, that your insides are just leaping. You're like, that's what I want, yeah. right? That's how everybody feels that plays a sport and watches a champion, right? But to get from where you are to what Pastor Brian just described, man, you're going to have to push through some of that discomfort, right? God said to Abraham, I want you to leave the land that you know, and I just want you to go somewhere you don't even know. Just go. And if you'll just simply say yes to that, every step of obedience takes you closer to what we just described. Yeah. And I'm just, I've never been an end-time guy, but I believe we're in the end times yeah. now. I don't think we have the comfort of sitting back and waiting. So I'm going to tell you this, have a no matter what mentality. Yeah. No matter who goes with me or doesn't go with me, God told me to go this direction and just get up and take a step and go. Just simply be obedient and yeah. let that produce the supernatural outcome that you just described. I yeah. love Isaiah 60, arise, shine, yeah. for your light is come. And I didn't like it when people woke me up with light. <laughs> it's not comfortable. But once yeah. you get your eyes adjusted, you're like, holy cow, yeah. he's shown on me. Let's go. Yeah. And, and he desires to take his glory and, and make it our glory mm -hmm. together with yeah. him in that way. And uh, we, we could never have it without him, of course. But it's amazing to me that an almighty God says, hey, I want you to be on my team. I know. Like, it just, we talked about that some yesterday. It's like, I'm on God's team. What an honor and what an opportunity. But there's this, there's this time right now where people are, are just, they're being drawn by the Holy Spirit. Some people are listening. Some people are too caught up in the worldly things and the cares of this world are choking out the fruit of what could be. Um, there's so many things, but God's drawing us now, and I would wholeheartedly agree. Is The Lord said this to me some years ago. He said, um, I just want you to say yes to me quickly. Just quickly say yes. Like, don't, when I, when you know that I'm drawing you, say yes quickly and never say no. And it's that simple. And that's where the success is, is if you just say yes to God and don't say no, and you just keep going, just keep telling them yes. And if you find out that you missed it, just turn it right yeah. then. Repent and turn it. Be quick to turn it. And all of a sudden, you'll get in these places where the blessing of God just starts to stack up on you. It just starts to pile up on you. And uh, you'll be used. And there'll be, there'll be places that are hard on the flesh, but you'll come through in the Spirit. That's the thing. God will give you His grace. He will impart to you and make you to be a partaker of His divine nature to sail through those places and do things you never thought you could do before. But we have to start, and we have to say yes to Him. And yeah. just the simple obedience, Lord, I'm going to say yes to you, and I'll never say no. And if we can make that, if we really make a commitment to do that, like what you said, no matter what, if we just make that commitment, it legitimately simplifies in front of us, and we are empowered with a supernatural mm -hmm. grace. Yeah. So, anything else to add on on that? I mean, I just speak truth, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we 
We are in a culture where, gosh, if you're on social media, maybe stop. Oh, no, don't stop because <laughs> this is on social media. Right. But yeah. it's so toxic. It's so, yeah. you said this and it's all that. So everybody's afraid to speak truth. Yeah. But I, I feel like God just told me a, a couple of years back, like, just be a voice of truth. Right. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to be a jerk about it. Just be a voice of truth and That's know good. that when you speak truth, people are not going to like it. They're yes. not. It's like yeah. it's like a guardrail. You bump your car up against it. Nobody likes a guardrail except it just saved you from going over the cliff. Yeah. But it still scratched up your paint. You still got to get some stuff fixed. Yeah. It costs you something, but at least you're not dead. Yeah. And I think that's what truth is. And so when you speak truth, just know that hey, people might not appreciate it, but when their life yes. takes a turn for the worse, yeah, they will remember who spoke the truth. That's right. And they will That's return right. to that voice. Yeah. And I think that God's calling the church to be bold in the way that we speak yeah. and compassionate in the way that we apply it. God said to me some years ago, he said, love will always prove you right. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll always prove you right. And, and truth, speaking truth, is love. God is truth. And so a lot of times we don't want to do it because we want to avoid the confrontation. Confrontation. <laughs> right, right. And because we look at the confrontation as hard, uh, but that truth, the difference is we've watched a lot of people speak truth in harshness and not gentleness, and that's been a problem. And there's a moment to say no, you know, and, and, you know, if my kid is out in the middle of the street and there's there's cars coming, I'm going to yell more aggressively. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, (laughs) in that moment because I love him, not because I'm mad at him. I want him saved. And so there's a truth that comes out more aggressively. There's a truth. And you even see that in Jesus when he fashioned the whip to drive the money changers out of mm-hmm. the temple. You know, you see those more. You see truth and gentle. Now understand, he was gentle and he was truthful even when he did that. And he was humble. And, and even when he told the Pharisees, you whitewashed tombs, yeah. right? He was handling the business at the voice of God. If we will... F- Focus on our fellowship and our time with him in the presence of God, like what you were saying earlier. The Lord will lead us and show us what to do when, and it will always be right if we're obedient to it. And so I'd like for you, for anybody who's watching, I'd like for you just to pray over them. In this time and where, where God has taken the church and moving it to this glorious church, and for people to be strengthened, just pray whatever the Lord would lead you for anybody that might be watching. Sure thing. Yeah, so God, we just thank you for your faithfulness, yeah. God. Um, nobody loves like you. And so I, I, my heart right now is drawn to the person who is watching and who feels alone and who feels like they're, they're so drawn to what we've been talking about. Yeah. And yet the mountain to get there seems so big. I pray that they would get a glimpse of who yeah. you are. Instead of just asking for what you can do, show them that you are greater than the mountain, that you are taking care of it. And I pray right now that you would move the mountain out of the way. God, prepare for them a way through that valley of the shadow of death. Prepare for them a way through the water and the fire and set your children free. I believe this, that you are mobilizing an army that is going to see the greatest revival, the greatest soul-winning revival as the end of time approaches. And so I pray now that you would call your children into that army, literally, that we would begin to hear the sound of bones coming together, 
flesh going on those bones, and that army rising up in that valley and waiting on your breath. And I pray the Holy Spirit into those bodies. I pray the Holy Spirit into those souls and that you would fill them with your life and with your light and that your glory would shine through them into the places where it is dark. You called us to carry your light into dark places so that people could be saved. I pray that you would do that, God, through those that have listened today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Man, it's so good to have you here. So I want uh, Pastor Paul Jenkins of The Gathering, and we'll put the information on the screen. Make sure you uh, connect uh, the podcast as well. Is is there a link to that at The Gathering? if you just go to the reluctantlearpodcast.com, okay. it'll, okay. All it'll right. take where you need to go. So and you can we'll, find it we'll everywhere that, podcast. We'll put that in the description, put it in the comments. Thereluctantleader.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Thereluctantleaderpodcast.com. Podcast. Okay. So you can go to anywhere you get podcasts and search for the Reluctant Leader Podcast with Paul Jenkins, and it'll awesome. pop up. Awesome. That sounds so good. So we just thank you so much for being a part today. Uh, like every single day, uh, like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. We'll be back tomorrow at 1130. This, this broadcast, we do it every day. We sow it into the world every weekday. Uh, you do not have to give. If you would like to, you can go to giveww.org, uh, cash app, Venmo, PayPal, all the good stuff. Give one time or in the future. Cryptocurrency, all the stuff is there, giveww.org. We just want to pray over that. So, Father, right now, whoever might be giving and partnering with us to get your word out, we just thank you for it. Let them be blessed. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over into their lives. Lord, let them not give under any force and compulsion, but if their heart is yearning to be a part of getting the word out there with us, Lord, in Jesus' name, let every seed be blessed in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. Yes, Enjoyed it. It was it, it was a great, great day. I think that's I think what we talked about is going to help a lot of people. And so and and it will. So share the broadcast. Get it out there. Let them hear uh, what Pastor Paul had to say. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow at eleven thirty. And uh, I think uh, Buddy is gonna wrap it up today. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. As Pastor had already said, make sure you share this broadcast, spread the word, uh, because this was a powerful word. We also want to let you know, we do have other pastors that will be coming in and being a part of this uh, broadcast. We have, uh, we have Pastor Steve Barbie is going to be here. Pastor Alan DiDio uh, is going to be here. We have uh, Pastor Daryl Medley. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, so keep an eye out for those uh, awesome times. Uh, because today was awesome, and I'm excited for uh, the other pastors that we're going to be having come in. Uh, we also want to let you know that Easter is coming up. If you want to be at, uh, if you want to come to Boomerang Church for Easter, we have our Easter egg hunt on Saturday, uh, April 16th, uh, followed by our our Easter Sunday service uh, on April 17th at 10 a.m. You can find more information at boomerangchurch.org/easter. But with all that being said, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We love you so much, and we'll see you tomorrow at 1130 for Lunch Plus. Have a great rest of your day.